0: Hello, Doug Ray here with the Wealth Guardian Show. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you, Doug? I'm good, Bryce. How are you? I'm doing okay. I uh, have to say, I know you've been down and out for this last week because the Green Bay Packers, folks... embarrassing. Folks, uh, Doug's favorite team out there, aside from the Panthers, is the Green Bay Packers, and obviously he had a rough weekend last weekend, and uh, it's taken him a while to get over this. So, Doug, I'm sorry about that. But uh, I hope you can be on board for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs at this point. Oh, yeah. I'm going to root for Andy Reid. Absolutely. You're you're not going to pull for the uh, San Francisco 49ers that uh, took your team out, I presume.
1: I don't think so. (laughs) All
0: Um, right. Well, let's go ahead and get into things here, Doug. Uh, We've got two segments of the show. The first segment today, we are going to talk about financial mistakes to avoid in 2020. It's a new decade. We're out of the teens. So finally, we can say something like, 2021, or what the 20s, and not have to be stuck in those teen years. The roaring of, 20s. The roaring Oh, hey, let's hope that doesn't repeat itself, <laughs> huh? All right. So uh, financial mistakes to avoid in the new decade. Doug, start us off with that one. What possible mistakes could somebody make out there in this year?
1: Well, I think one of them is don't compare your investments to the overall stock market without some proper context. Explain that. Well, you, you know, the thing about it is the S&P 500— You know, 90 plus percent of all mutual funds and money managers do not consistently outperform the S&P 500. So if you're looking at your portfolio and it's lagging in reference to the S&P 500, I wouldn't get too out out of sorts with that. That's probably not an alarming situation. And if it's significantly underperforming, then maybe it is. The point is, you probably don't have a portfolio that's all stocks. You probably have a portfolio that's got some stocks and some bonds.
0: And if you're approaching retirement, you certainly shouldn't have a portfolio that's all stocks.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, so you're comparing comparing—you're not comparing apples to apples in that segment is what you're saying.
1: You are not comparing apples to apples. Right. So the next one is, don't give up before giving your strategy enough time to play out. You want to cover that one?
0: Well, yeah. So let's go back to the Super Bowl analogy. Football. We both love football. You see so often that a, a owner of a team will get a new t- coach. They'll sign him for a three-year contract or a four-year contract. And then after year one, because they only won 25% of the games or whatnot, they're kicking him to the sideline and pulling somebody new. Al Davis of the Raiders was famous for that. One coach after the other. He'd get tired of them because they didn't have a – get him to the playoffs each and every year, and he wouldn't give him time for that coach to get his organization together, to get his his um, other coaching staff structured around him, to get the players in there that he wanted for the type of, of uh, offense and defense that he was imagining. And he'd have to start all over again every time. And so the the analogy can be similar here that, don't get into whatever portfolio your advisor has, has suggested and then be fed up that it didn't do exactly what you were expecting in the very first year. You got to give it some time and take some averages in there. And Doug, you can add to that.
1: Well, yeah, you, you certainly do because not every year is going to be an up year. Not every year is going to be a down year either. So you just got to let things cook for a while. Now, I liked your football analogy. That brings us up to. One of these uh, little trivia questions you have, I think, is football-related.
0: We do. I want to start doing a trivia question uh, every segment that we have here. So what we will do is, in the middle of our first segment, we will go ahead and throw out a trivia question. And then as we come back after our break, we'll go ahead and give you the answer. As long as none of you out there Google this, and you're just out left to your own devices, let's see if you can get this. Now, Doug, you know I'm not going to throw out any softballs here. No, you so don't. This is, this is You have to listen to the way I'm wording this. So, Doug, congratulations! Your Green Bay Packers won not just Super Bowl one. You watched that game live, right? I did. I nice saw. Right. I was eight years old. Eight years old watched Super Bowl one. I'm sure you were happy as a kid. And then, lo and behold, Green Bay Packers turned around and won Super Bowl two. They were the first team to win two Super Bowls. Beat let, Oakland. Let alone be the first team wins two Super Bowls back to back. Beat Oakland that year. That's right. So, my question to everybody out there is: Who was the first AFC? team to win the Super Bowl. Now, I want you to listen to the way I word that question. Who was the first AFC team to win the Super Bowl? We know the Green Bay Packers won Super Bowl one and two. So when we come back from the break, we'll go ahead and uh, give you that answer. But we're going to go ahead and continue with the first segment for now.
1: Yeah, you know, folks, today the theme of the show is basically mistakes that you can make in retirement. So to avoid some of those mistakes, we are going to offer a workshop Uh, on February the 11th and 13th, and it's all about taxes and retirement, and also this new Secure Act, because these two combined could make you have some pretty serious mistakes. So again, it's February the 11th and the 13th. It's at 6.30 p.m. over at the Broyhill and Clemens. All you have to do is call 336-391-3409, or you can go on to thewealthguardians.com, and click on the events tab and register that way. It's free. So just come on out and uh, we'll talk about this SECURE Act and, and taxes in retirement. I know you want to talk about taxes, right? I oh, mean, everyone wants to talk about it, taxes. It, it, it's that time of day.
0: And, oh. you know, I will say that if you are out there, if you're a diligent uh, tax enthusiast and investor enthusiast, and you thought that you knew everything that you needed to know about retirement assets and when they're taxed and when you got to take RMDs and all those kind of good things, well, that's SECURE Act just threw all of that out the window for you, and so if you haven't studied this in depth yet, I promise you we can help you uh uncover all the hidden truths about this, so to speak
1: all right, let's get back into this uh these mistakes that you can make, and the next one is do not chase past performance
0: well that's a, that's an easy one doug, but go ahead and go ahead and elaborate on that. well what we're talking
1: about there is basically if you're pre retiree or retired. You don't want to be chasing returns that are double digits. In other words, you don't want to be invested like you were in your 30s and 40s. you got to idle back a little bit. Yeah, I know you, you, you want some big returns. The market did great last year. But also in 2018, you got to remember, December was down 20% by itself. So as a pre-retiree or retiree, you want to be just a little bit more cautious. Have your portfolio designed where... Maybe you have stop losses or circuit breakers in it, and that's something that we do for, for our clients.
0: Doug, can I throw out another football analogy yeah, for that one? Yeah, why All not? Right, well, let's, let's stay on uh, on topic, shall we? So let's say that uh, you're facing the Patriots, and God, who doesn't love doing that? And uh, you know that you're going to have to be aggressive in that game plan, right? You're going to have to get some points and get them early on in the game. But let's say by miracle, you come fourth quarter, five minutes, four or five minutes left to go, and you're now up by 14 or 21 points, do you use that same technique of trying to score, as being just as aggressive and sc- trying to score as much as you can like you did in the first half of the game
1: or Probably the first enough. three
0: quarters? No, you're going to go into a more defensive zone, and your uh, your idea is going to be to... What would you say? Run out the clock, so to speak. You want Mm -hmm. to possess the ball as much as possible. You're not going to put it up in the air. You're not going to throw the long balls. You're going to run it down the middle and try to run off as much time as you can and keep it out of Tom Brady's hands. And it's the same kind of strategy here that we're talking about. Don't go chasing past performance. Don't try getting the results that you were trying to get in the first, second, and maybe third quarter. Let's scale it back a little bit. We're ahead in the game now. Let's calm down and just let that clock run out. Next one.
1: Next up is don't ignore cost and fees. Look, folks, nothing is free out there. You know that. But the fees that you pay on your investment portfolios vary significantly. Now, let me ask you this question. What's better, to get a return of 8.5% while paying a 1% fee or 10% while paying a 3% fee? Well, the math is easy. You know, one of the biggest drags on portfolio performance is a high fee. And let me tell you something. We analyze everybody's portfolios for risk and fees when you come in to see us. We have seen fees average Two and a half to three and a half percent per year, some even more than that.
0: Oh, I think you're underestimating that, Doug. I think the average that we see come in here is uh, somewhere between three point two and four point two.
1: Now you may be right. If I, we
0: if we see one in the twos, that's usually an exception.
1: Yeah. And if you own a variable annuity, it's even higher than that. Yep. And uh, so again, if you if you if you're interested in, in the fees you're paying, both what you know you know and the hidden costs, we have the software, the tools to uncover that, and we'd be glad to. Uh, Run your portfolio through uh, through that software package.
0: Yeah, and I'll add as well that even the most astute investors who come sit with us, uh, they learn something there. And the reason that a lot of investors don't realize the hidden fees that they're paying, well, we use the word hidden for a reason. When you get your quarterly statement, folks, from your IRA or your 401K or your non-qualified account, and they show you that your return was X amount of dollars, hey, congratulations, 2019, you were up 23%. That is your net of fee returns. They don't show you, you don't, they don't list out the gross returns minus the fees, and there's your net returns, like so, uh, so many other receipts and transactions that we see. We see the net and the gross. We don't see that here. They just show you the net, and you assume net and gross is the same thing. They are not. You are paying fees there that we will help you uncover, as Doug said. And Doug, I think we've got time for one more here. Yeah, I want to discuss uh,
1: complacency. And I'm seeing a lot of complacency.
0: Uh, If we must.
1: And what what do I mean by that? I mean, folks, you haven't seen a bad stock market in now over 10 years. 11, yeah. And, you know, last year you're coming in here, you're seeing the the market was up 28% or whatever it was. And, you know, your portfolio's up nicely. But let me tell you something. Here's the average. Since 1929 in the modern era, you know, we've had a bear market every seven years. Well, we haven't had one now in over 10. or four years overdue. We are way overdue. And I will tell you right now, it's out there. They have not invented a way to get rid of bear markets. And one of my favorite sayings is, Wall Street does not ring a bell at market yeah. tops. Yeah, it's a good saying. Now, I'm not saying we're at a market top. I'm not saying this is going to be a bad year. Quite honestly, I think it could end up being another very good year. But there's a bear market out there. You need to be cautious, and especially if you're 55 and up, getting into that retirement red zone, you need to be extremely cautious.
0: And generally, the longer that we go without that uh, correction period, Doug, the more significant that correction period is going to be, kind of like the earthquakes in California. The longer you go without one, when you finally do have one, it's going to be a bigger jolt. Okay, well, so we're going to be running up against a break here, but I want to repeat that trivia question that we'll get to the answer to after we come back from the break. So as we were saying, Green Bay won Super Bowl one, and Green Bay won Super Bowl two. Congratulations, Doug. What was the first AFC team to win the Super Bowl? And again, I'm going to give you a hint there. Listen to the way I'm wording that. What was the first AFC team to win the Super Bowl, seeing that Green Bay won Super Bowl one and two, We will come back with that answer after a little bit. But again, if you like what you're hearing here, if you think that we could do anything to uh, help you out, if you want a second opinion, a professional's point of view on your portfolio, we do operate as fiduciaries. And uh, I didn't say that at the beginning of the show. I usually like to. We operate as fiduciaries. So we are obligated to act in your best interest. And if you'd like a second opinion, reach out to us, 336-391-3409. We will be back after this break along with the second segment, but that answer to the trivia question. Stay tuned, folks. And welcome back to the Wealth Guardians radio show. Doug and I are here. And we want to just remind everybody that for listeners who are five to seven years from retirement and you want to confirm you're a little suspicious, you want to make sure that you're making the best decisions for retirement, Well, the good news is that we offer a no-cost, no-obligation second review so you can help retire the job, as we say, and not retire the paycheck. Now, maybe you have no idea when you can retire. Maybe you're somebody that has a pretty good idea you're on the right track, but you want to just confirm that. Or maybe you actually just retired and you suddenly realize that you're trying to uh, navigate retirement without a rudder. Those waters can be choppy sometimes. So we can provide you the answers, the guidance, the solutions to help ensure that your retirement is as long, smooth, and financially stress-free if you have always wanted it to be. So if you're on the right track, but you're riding in the coach car, well, maybe we can help you upgrade that to the luxury car. So if any of that sounds good to you, give us a call, 336-391-3409. And now that we're back, uh, let's go ahead and answer that trivia question. So the question was, after Green Bay Packers won Super Bowl one and Super Bowl two, who was the first AFC team to win the Super Bowl? Well, a lot of you might have said the Jets because they won Super Bowl three. But actually, the answer is the Baltimore Colts. The question is what was the first AFC team? to win the Super Bowl. Well, the AFC and the NFC did not exist until Super Bowl 5. The first four Super Bowls were between the AFL and the NFL. So if you said the Jets, that was still actually an AFL team, not an AFC team. So the Baltimore Colts in January 1971 won Super Bowl 5 beating the Dallas Cowboys 16 to 13. Doug, I asked you this question before we actually came here, and you got the answer right. Mm, how you, about that? You were only, what, maybe 12 years old at that point. Yeah, I was a then, but, too. But you were a smart kid, apparently. <laughs> you remembered the merger, didn't you? Oh, yeah, very much so. so. Well,
1: listen, since we're on these questions, uh, you know, folks, you write us a lot, and you send in some good questions to us, so I thought we'd take some time and answer some of them. So here's, uh, here's a good one. Here's from Clark over in Greensboro. He says... Uh, If I have more money in my accounts than I'll ever need for my retirement, is there any reason for me to work with an advisor? If I just handle everything myself, I'm not sure that there's anything that I could do to screw this up because
0: my income needs are so little and I have so much. Well, it's it's a good position to be in, and I hope uh, that you're actually correct there, Clark, that you do know what you're doing, which if you do, then outstanding. The The answer might be that you don't need an advisor, but uh, the difference between your typical advisor and what we do, Doug, is we are retirement specialists, and there is a lot of balls in play at retirement that might not have been in play when you were saving for retirement at 20, 30, and 40 years old. A lot more things come into the mix that if you're not doing everything correctly, you could be taking way more risk and setting yourself up for a big downfall should another 2008 happen. Even if you don't need that income, you don't want to risk it unnecessarily, I'm presuming, Clark. And then the other issue is that uh, you, you don't want to risk it, as I said. But, Doug, give us another issue. That well, Clark,
1: be- I'd just have you go back and listen to the first segment and, and say the, one of the things that uh, I think you might be making a mistake in is you're getting complacent. You know, rising tides lift all boats, but that tide goes out, too. Go back and look at how you did in 2008. Now, you know, I would tell you that if you lose 50% of your money, yeah, maybe you got way more than, uh, than, than your income needs are, you're a blessed person, but you know what? You, know, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. You might need that money for long-term care skilled care. Who knows? Let's go on to another one. Here's Eddie in Winston-Salem. Eddie says, What are the reasons that would make it a good idea for me to have a trust? My brother-in-law seems to think a trust is a cure-all for minimizing taxes in my estate. But I
0: don't know if I really need one or not. Yeah, um, you know, most, a vast majority, Doug, of people out there do not need trust. There really has to be something exceptional about your estate or the people uh, that are close to you that you would need that. But uh, talk to us a little bit about when those circumstances do arise. Well,
1: I will just preface it with, you know, we're not attorneys. Uh, you need to seek, uh, you know, professional legal advice in this situation. But the vast majority, Bryce is right, really probably could get a- away without having a trust. You know, a trust uh, is appropriate if you're trying to bypass probate. A trust is, is appropriate if you have a net worth of over $11.5 million per person. That way, uh, you can uh, shelter some estate tax. Uh, A trust is very appropriate if you have a child with special needs, Uh, but a trust in and of itself, for the vast majority out there, are not going to uh, decrease your taxes. In fact, income inside a trust itself is taxed at a much higher rate than um, your tax rate, so not necessarily your friend is, is on spot there.
0: And, we, and we, we've seen no shortage of people who've come through our doors, Doug, who do have trust because someone told them they needed it. They can't really explain why they got it. And from all that we can tell, it wasn't needed in the first place. And it really does complicate things when you want to try to get them back in order and, and get their assets in line with their risk tolerance. That can be a stumbling block to, to getting that taken care of or at least a hurdle, right? Yep. Bryce, we've got Ellen over in Rural Hall. Why don't you read her question? She says, Doug and Bryce, my husband passed away about six months ago. I'm sorry to hear that, Ellen. And left me a significant amount of life insurance. Okay, well, that's a good thing. It's much more money than we ever had during our 30-year marriage. So while I'm grateful for it, it's also overwhelming. Yeah, I can understand that. What's the best step for me to take in deciding how to handle it? Doug?
1: Well, obviously, I think at this point, you do need to seek professional counsel here. You know, find yourself a really good financial advisor. Um, you can go about that several different ways. Uh, you've been listening to our show. We would certainly love to have you come in and chat with us. Uh, but you could also get uh, references from friends and family members. And I would encourage you to find uh, people that have been in this business uh a good amount of time that have some uh, skin in the game, some bloodied noses along the way because, uh, you know, you've seen good markets and bad markets. Folks who will continually educate themselves, who go beyond uh, to make sure that they're up to date and everything. Folks who have credentials after their last name. Uh, that means something. And, um, you not, know,
0: not just investment advisors, but financial planners and those who are operating on the fiduciary standard. And as a, well.
1: Absolutely. The fiduciary standard is, is most important. So that would be your best way to start, Ellen. And again, I, I am sorry for your loss. that has got to be rough.
0: Very good. All right, Doug. Well, the next one comes from Jimmy in Yadkinville. Jimmy asks, we have the opportunity to refinance our house at a very low interest rate on a new 30 year mortgage. But we're 50 years old, and the idea of still having a house payment at 80 seems like a bad idea. What do you think?
1: That that comes up quite a bit in in our planning. And, you know, honestly, I think that's a personal preference item. I tell people that. But most people that I meet with, and it would be my preference too, is to go into retirement without debt. And, you know, I can sit down and and we can do black and white uh, projections and mathematics, and I say, if you're only going to have a 3% mortgage and you could potentially earn 5% elsewhere, then that's the spread, that's the difference, it makes sense to do that. But honestly, it's a personal preference thing, and and I would – I would leave it at that and and do what uh, makes you sleep at night. Yeah, and
0: and Jimmy, we also want to say, too, that we don't have enough information from you to answer that question on your specific terms. We would need to see you come in here and ask some additional questions. What you're asking us is uh, to refinance our house at a very low interest rate on a new 30-year mortgage. Well, if you're only five years into your first mortgage or less, then that might be a sensible deal. But if you're 25 years into it, then that wouldn't be a sensible deal. And uh, so that's just one more thing that we need to know. All
1: right. So, folks, I want to remind you about our workshop coming up.
0: It's called Taxes
1: and Retirement, and also we're going to review the SECURE Act that just got uh, written into law. It is February the 11th and the 13th, 630 p.m. at the Broy Hill in Clemens, North Carolina. You can register at 336-391-3409, or you can go online at thewealthguardians.com. Hit the events tab and register, and we'll get you signed up. uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting workshop for you because this uh, information coming out of the Secure Act is absolutely brand new. A lot of good things and one really nasty thing I hate. But guess what? You're going to have to come to the workshop to find (laughs) out what it is. I'm not going to tell you on the radio.
0: The hook. All right, Doug, I think we've got time for one more question here. Let's go to Kate in Clemens. And she says, Doug and Bryce, my husband and I recently met with an advisor who showed us a sample portfolio of what he'd recommend for folks like us. He kept talking about how diversified the portfolio was, but it seemed like the proposal was very stock heavy, which doesn't seem diversified to me. Am I missing something here? Well, no, I think you're pretty astute. You know, typical Wall Street retirement portfolios
1: are... 60% stocks, 40% bonds, or 50, 50, 60, whatever. I think the biggest thing here is if you're a retiree, pre-retiree, you need to make sure you have safeguards against a bad market. If you're 70, 80% in stocks, of course that's worked well for you the last 10 years. But like we said in the first segment, there's a bear market out there somewhere. And the last thing you want to do is to retire headlong into a bear market losing 30-40% of your portfolio. Think about the poor person who retired in October of 2007, and they had to endure the next two and a half years of a 55% plunge in the market.
0: Yeah, and now, Kate, one thing you don't tell us in your question is how old you and your husband are because Doug and I are retirement specialists, I guess we're, we're assuming that you are retirement age, which would mean that you absolutely should not be heavy into stock at this point, or we at least need to have that discussion. But if you are younger, then you know a heavier portion of your portfolio being in stock can certainly make sense. But there's more questions here that we would need to ask you before we can tell you whether or not the portfolio that the advisor you met with actually makes sense for you, and we'd be happy to give you that uh, second opinion as well. And just to give everybody a feel out there. Um, The meeting process that Doug and I do with you when you come in to see us to give you that second opinion is is generally around a four-meeting process. First meeting is to gather a lot of information. The second meeting is to open your eyes to what your current portfolio could do to you in some bad situations. Another 2008 or 2002 market cycle is not going to be healthy for your retirement situation. Third meeting is where we start putting together some recommendations and talking about the pros and cons of those. And then the fourth meeting is where we finalize everything. So if that sounds like something that you would like to sit down with us with, there's no cost, there's no obligation to that, we'd be happy to meet with you and see if we can be of any assistance in helping you outline what your retirement looks like. Again, you can always reach us at 336 336- 391-3409. You can also visit us on our website at uh, thewealthguardians.com. Other than that, I want to remind you one more time, uh, February 11th and February 13th at the Boy Hill Building in Clemens at 6.30 p.m. is when we're doing our Secure Act and Taxes and Retirement Seminar. So if that sounds interesting to you, reach out to us, 336-391-3409. Hope you all have a good rest of your weekend. Doug, it's been great doing this with you again. We'll see you next weekend.